Welcome to Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. This is a slightly different episode because I'm running the room. I am your game master today and I have full control over the show. Wow, that's so amazing. You do all of the production work and now you've written a room as well? Well, I have not written a room. This room was sent to us, and it was actually, and I apologise for this, sent to us in 2019 uh, to, to run, or not specifically to run on the show, just to run as, as people, a fun game for us to play. It was sent by a, a great fan of the show, Nikki Tan, um, and then I forgot about it, and I feel terrible. And so, now I'm going to run it, but I'm not just going to run it in person, I'm running it on the show. So this is uh, Nikki Tan's escape room. I'm taking Thank over the you game so master much, role, Nikki. which means Danny gets to play. I do. But we thought, okay, Danny needs a friend. You can't. It's never fun to play one of these rooms by yourself. And we thought, who'd appreciate playing a room with Danny? Well, I know. How about Neil Patrick Harris? Welcome to the show, Neil. What? What? I'm so glad that you get to play with Danny. Because no, no, I... no. Sorry, I uh, my my ear. Oh, oh, sorry. We're well, welcoming. What? What? Well... Everyone, um, everyone at home, Neil's very, he's a very old man. He's quite, what, he's what? quite old. <laughs> he had to take his hearing aids out to put his he- earbuds in. And so he just, it ruins it. What, what? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Hi, it's such a pleasure to be here again. I, I love, I love doing this. It should be a lot of fun. I thought it'd be nice for you to be able to play with Danny this time because you played with me before and then you've been on a couple of times since. And we've done li- little group things, but not recorded for this. Yeah. So I thought it'd be, it'd be nice. And every time, what people don't know because they listen to this podcast is that we get to, we're seeing each other on, yes, uh, that's true. on our computer screens. Mm-hmm. And normally I'm watching Danny with, with sort of a, an eyebrow up expression of like, oh, you think you're going to solve this, do you? <laughs> She's yeah. kind of got this know-it-all air of, of of superiority, like someone who's who's like reading from a pulpit at the with a Bible at I church. Do, I do grant you. This is why I can't listen to our episodes after they've come out because I feel that comes across in my voice as well. <laughs> yeah, every time Danny hears, I'm like, <laughs> I seem so sarcastic and rude. It doesn't, but now I can actually watch Daddy's face, and we can work together <laughs> through yeah. the pain and the struggle parts. <laughs> You get to be allies in a war against me. That's how this show is, right? Like a like a war between the game master. Yeah, everyone knows to run an escape room. You really want to make sure that all your players have a terrible time and fail. Uh, Every episode when we have guests on, we ask the same two questions, and we so rarely get to answer these questions. So I'm going to ask Danny. Danny, you're a contestant today, and this is an escape room podcast. What's your escape room experience? I have done some escape rooms, but uh, weirdly compared to a lot of enthusiasts, don't keep very good track. I think that we've established that we may have hit real-world rooms. Have we hit 100? I can't remember. I've no idea. No idea. Every time we tell another enthusiast that we don't have a spreadsheet of every room we've ever done, they're shocked. They look at us like we're freaks for not keeping meticulous count of every single room we've ever done. And I mean, compared to you, I've only played a small fraction as well because you've gotten to play all of mine. True. Good point. And then, uh, Neil, has there been any update to your escape room experience since you were last on the show? I just love the escape rooms. I can't get enough of them. Everywhere I go, I try and see where an escape room is. And and more so, I wish that there was a local person to tell me which ones were the good escape rooms versus just the kind of mediocrity, right? Mm. Because you want to do the good one. Mm. Of course. So recently, I was in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
home to Emily Gillette, yes. who was my partner in crime for the last episode that I did. And Emily took me and um, my husband, David, and our friend Harrison Greenbaum, hilarious oh, comedian, yes, who's it. also in Mad Apple, and his wife, Emily, and we went and did a couple escape rooms in one day. We did nice. the basement. We did one called the study, and I loved it. That's my escape room experience of late. I was honestly most impressed with my husband, who is not a gamer. He is not a puzzler. And I, I kindly made a request for him to maybe try and do them more <laughs> often so we could we could have a thing we do together. Because I'm always just finding Emily Gillette's to do escape rooms <laughs> with. And I wish I could do them with David. And so David did two in one day. And, and mm. the last one we started at 11.45 p.m. Yeah. And... Uh, and he and he did great. He persevered, and he I think he had some fun. So I think the bonding of it all was good. Our minds were mush, but uh, <laughs> the experience was lovely. That's okay. Wonderful. You have roped him in. And then uh, the other element of this show is escape rooms mixed with tabletop role playing. Danny, we have talked about this quite a lot on the show. But what is your tabletop role playing experience? Well, I first started tabletop role playing games when I was what sixteen because you introduced them to me. True. You you got a little friend group together and showed us how to play these things mm -hmm. and played a few since then. Honestly, not all that much. I've done a decent chunk of GMing because I like controlling things and don't improvise <laughs> well. But when I do play, my big rule is that I have gotten too soft in my older age to do all of the killing things. So my characters tend to just like be a person with a job or a goal that steers them away from killing quite a bit. Mm. Like we did a Fallout themed campaign and my character was the daughter of the safety inspector. Yep. And so she just wanted to get rid of all the violence and unsafe things in the world. If she had to use a weapon, it was a frying pan and nothing more. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds like a really exciting game. <laughs> I'm a safety wonderful. inspector. Oh, Please, whatever you do, don't attack, don't fight, no fireworks. Let's just talk <laughs> this out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, Neil, has your tabletop role-playing experience changed at all since you were last on? It has not at all. And I'm realizing I grew up playing Dungeons & Dragons, watching my older brother Brian and uh, playing a bit. And now my son Gideon plays a lot of Dungeons & Dragons, and I've sort of played a bit through him. Mm. And that's been it. Like, I don't know the different versions and i think we've talked about this before yes, but i don't lots of really games pay and... attention to our conversations so what would you <laughs> recommend to you. <laughs> what would be the singular okay here's my here's my question for both of you okay. what would be the singular tabletop game that is not dungeons and dragons that you would recommend that i introduce gideon to that he wouldn't say pish posh that's nothing like DD, &D, but that he'd go oh okay now that's interesting because there's a whole world of like games that are filling the same function as Dungeons and Dragons, right? So the, the classic example is always Pathfinder, which is very, very That's similar. That's basically almost which is identical. basically just D&D, slightly different. So and, you wouldn't even really transition from one to the other. Unless you're you, really like, oh, I prefer the action economy of Pathfinder 2nd yeah. Edition over Dungeons and Dragons. Like, yeah, it's little. very specific But stuff. then you've got the ones that sort of just shift focus a little bit more, like Blades in the Dark, I'd say. Blades in the Dark. It's still it quite rules-heavy, but that's about like having a... Uh, a group of criminals who perform heists every time you play and try and oh, like grow cool. their criminal empire in a, you know, and then there are lots of people who've done like, like hacks of blades in the dark. So it's like the same rules in different contexts, 
because then like a lot of times people jump all the way to the opposite. Like you can do like the one page RPGs, like Honey Heist, which is just a single thing, very few rules. And it is, you're all bears and you need to steal some honey and you, and you roll up your, and when you roll up a character, instead of rolling all of your stats and rolling all your skills, it's like pick a type of bear, pick a type of hat, pick a type of criminal archetype, go. And so, yeah. And so like, there's some great little fun things like that. You could play Gateways, which is a game that I wrote. Uh, I like your Gateways episodes. Yeah, so you can play Gateways. It's fun and easy to go. But those are like very opposite of, of Dungeons & Dragons because they're very like, they're filling a, a completely different space, right? Which is the, these are for short form, fun, rules light play, whereas Dungeons & Dragons are like, hey, here's some tactical combat. And then there are some that are specifically, I don't even know what the rules are for a lot of them, but they're trying to fill a niche of you like this particular fandom, you like this TV show, you mm. like this movie, you like this video game, let's do one where the rules set around that world. Like, and one of the classic forms of that is stuff like Monster of the Week um, and all the other mm. like Powered by the Apocalypse games, which, are, which usually are quite specific to like a feeling or a genre, and they play with like proper rules, but they're a bit more narrative-focused and a little less focused on minutia. And so you get anything that's Powered by the Apocalypse, it's a, it's a common sort of like rule set you have yeah. made me a better parent. Yeah. So Finds thank you. Off. All right. So we should probably get into it. And usually this is when I prep Danny to get into it, but I have to I got nothing. One. I haven't even oh, drawn no. a rectangle. Oh, no. Okay. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> you have decided to go on a relaxing sail around the English Channel. Oh. All's going well. Everyone's having a good time. But then you spot something in the distance. A large ship. It's a fabulous-looking ship, and you can hear the sounds of celebration on board. You decide to see what the party is all about. And as you get closer to the ship, though, suddenly a thick mist fills the air. Ghost ship, ghost ship, ghost ship. You start to feel cold. Your breath is forming in front of you. You can see it on the cold air. Before your eyes, and there's a horse. There's a horse galloping around the boat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, motorbikes. There are motorbikes. Motorbikes. Oh, then. <laughs> I tried to draw a ship. It's just a pointy cupcake. All right. Nice. And before your eyes, the ship transforms from a majestic <laughs> schooner to a floating wreck. You start to feel woozy. And before you pass out, you see the name of the boat <gasps> Lady Loverbond. <laughs> it's a great drag name. <laughs> yes. You wake up, and looking around, you immediately know that you are on the ghost ship. You've heard of the Lady Loverbond before, as a spooky story from your childhood. From what you know, the Lady Loverbond was a legendary schooner that wrecked off the Kent coast on the Goodwin Sands, and is said to reappear every few decades as a ghost ship. The captain, Simon Reed, had just gotten married and took his new wife and crew on a honeymoon voyage to Portugal, despite the long-standing superstition that it was bad luck to bring a woman on board. It's unknown exactly what happened to the ship, but legend says that the ghost of Simon Reed still haunts the ship and captures those who come aboard. It's said that the ghost just wants to find his wife again and find out what happened to his ship. Well, according to my drawing, the ship is about the size of Spain. Good. According to my picture, there's a big rectangle. 
<laughs> Perfect. A big square waiting to draw a room. Oh, there's no room in this one. I'll just talk about a ghost ship for an hour and then you go home. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Tell me more. Tell me more. Well, what I will say as a a preface, and it has a preface here in the notes, this is an escape room, but it's also a little bit of a mystery. You need to find out what happened to the ship and why it ran aground. Why ship? Where wife? You begin to look around the deck and immediately notice some lanterns by your feet. They are unlit. On the main deck, along the sides of the ship, are cannons. What's a ship without cannons? Man, what were they expecting on this honeymoon? Oh, they're heading to Portugal. You can't trust the Portuguese. you got to bring cannons if you're heading to Portugal. Beside the cannons, there are barrels of gunpowder and cannonballs. In the centre of the ship, in the middle, there is a trap door built into the ship's floor. Maybe as a brig or storage? Of course, of course. Towards the rear end of the ship, the stern... You see large doors to the captain's quarters, but they appear to be locked. On either side of the doors, there are staircases that lead up to the helm where you can see the steering wheel. Out of the corner of your eye, you see a blur, an undefined sort of blurring sensation that disappears whenever you look at it. And you can hear a voice saying, Where's my wife? I must talk to my wife. Oh, man. It appears to be the ghost of Simon Reed. Oh my gosh, he really, he exists? Well, it appears to be. Maybe it's just someone standing right outside your vision, asking about their wife. Oh, that's true. You never know. Maybe they're just real quick. It is foggy. It is foggy. And with that, you're free to investigate the ship. Hmm. Look around the wreck of the Lady Loverbond. I'm drawn to the trap door in the center of the room. I agree. If we need, ship. if we want to know where his wife is, if someone accidentally put her down there, it feels like we should check there first. Uh, my, my suspicion is it's likely locked. But let's see what what happens when we can we can we kind of yank on, try and move the the, the trap door. Your suspicion is sadly correct. You approach the trap door, but it doesn't open. You you try it, it won't budge. You look around to see if it's locked with a, a key or a, or a padlock or anything like that, but you don't see anything. What you do see, however, is a small hole, maybe about the width of a large coin, hmm. near the edge of the trapdoor latch. Oh. A slot. Yeah, almost like the sort of the button that you'd use to reset a phone, but the size <laughs> of a coin rather than the size of a pin. Intriguing. But not like it, there would be no effect if we stuck a finger in there. Your finger doesn't look like it's quite deep enough to cause an effect. You don't know my finger. Well, fingers aren't generally deep either, but I'll stick with my <laughs> language choice. Well, what do you think, Danny? Is it just all dark down there? We can't see anything of interest or the bar? I'm picturing the like grated sort of I bars. I understand you're through. picturing grated bars, but it is in fact a fully uh, okay, okay. translucent, not translucent. What's the opposite of transparent? Opaque. Opaque. It's just wood. It's made of wood, <laughs> is what I'm saying. It's a big wooden trapdoor. <laughs> I mean, we can check out the cannons and the cannonballs gunpowder situation. That's always fun. How the cannons look. Can I go to one of the cannons and do sort of the the, the wily coyote stick my head inside the cannon? Like and I'll grab one of the see, lanterns and light the to, cannon yeah. from the other end. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. see what happens. So there are four cannons on the deck. Oh, four. Okay. They're all identical, except for one, which has Neil Patrick Harris's head inside of it. 
Uh, I've got a lighter and I'm like trying to light it. Ah, you don't have a lighter. I'm so sorry. And Danny, the lanterns themselves aren't lit and you can't use them to light the the cannon. So you can't fire the cannon. I'm so sorry. They all have their fronts sticking out the side of the boat, obviously, rather than facing inwards, which would kill everybody. Uh, Mm -hmm. The cannons are on wheels so that they can roll backwards. However, they are held in place right now with large bolts. That's what I've been trying to draw. That's what I assumed. But boy, am I not good at that. But look, if you wanted to fire it, the, the gunpowder, the cannibals, they're, they're ready to go. The gunpowder is dry. The cannibals are loadable, but you don't have any spark. Nor any notable reason that I can think of right now for why we would want to right. fire some cannons outside of, outside of the fact that I've never done it before. It does seem like a bucket list thing to do. And now I want to fire a cannon. Yeah. Well, I say we take an empty lantern in the hopes of lighting it soon. Let's go upstairs. Because the door to the captain's quarters, I'm guessing, is locked. Should we check it out just to make sure? Yeah, probably a quick jiggle. You head to the door to the captain's quarters, and while the door is lovely and ornate and alluring, it is also locked. With? A key. It needs a key. Like a normal door. I believe that. I bet since it's a pirate ship, it needs a skeleton key. (laughs) And Danny, what would you think about that? I think that I argue there is nothing inherently piratey about skeleton keys unless, like, like, the fact that we're on a ghost ship, sure, but... You'd best start believing in skeleton keys, Danny. <laughs> You'll need one. Uh... Ow. Like, I, th- I think of... I don't know, what's the difference? I feel like this is... Oh no, God. let's talk about it. Yep, what? Yeah, yeah. talk, talk about skeleton keys. What's, what's the difference what's your... between a skeleton key and a master key? Well, one sounds more like more piratey. I feel like this is a thing that I've read before and there's totally a difference. I feel like it's just a period. It's a, it's a period situation, right? A master yeah. key makes me think like 70s, 80s, 1990s, yeah. like master lock. And a skeleton key seems like one of those old timey keys Yeah, that's made of metal, like ba- hammered metal that you yeah. could just put into any door and open up the door. A master a key goes in a master lock. I and a skeleton say, key goes into an old it was timey something lock. something as into stupid a as a lock. master key fits mm. into slightly more locks than a skeleton key. No. Uh. Stop looking up skeleton keys and solve this escape room. Hey! slapped <laughs> <laughs> a phone out of my hand. About two inches just, to the I, right. I, I think because I've, I've ridden Pirates of the Caribbean at the theme parks mm. and seen Goonie too many times that I just associate <laughs> All uh, pirates skeletons. pirate ships and skeletons uh, of together. A master key system of lever locks has the same lever height in all locks. Each door will have different wards and can only be opened by the correctly warded key or the master key. Wonderful. A skeleton key has the warded section of the key removed so it opens all the doors of a system. So they're the same thing. Oh, all right. Uh, they're but... absolutely not the same thing. A skeleton key trumps a master key. Well, unless you believe this person on Reddit who says a skeleton key usually refers to a master key of the old-timey variety. Nah, that's which seems what we're to, thinking That about. seems better. to support your that's thesis. That's better. I like this. I am so glad you did not edit this part out of the of the podcast. <laughs> this is the only part that stayed in. It's a, it's <laughs> a three-minute episode where we talk about keys. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a 10-minute room. We have to keep our options Suffice open. Suffice to say, the we... door is locked. <laughs> fine, can fine. I, can, I, can I suggest that they're spiral staircases? Yeah, sure. They're little, they're little, just, well, they're like they the half spiral. There's not time loop. for a full spiral. They yeah, do that, half spiral. You know, on a ship, up. they do that like boop, yeah, boop exactly. kind of stairs. Makes sense. How does it go? You know, it goes like it go boop. Again? Right, that kind. Yeah, yeah it's a bit like a boop. Let's go up the boo part. How the hell do I draw that? 
All right, let's go upstairs. Okay. You head to the stairs. I have a question for you. Heading up the port side stairs or the starboard side stairs? Oh, good question. Um, hold on. Let me picture. Well, I definitely pictured port side cannon and then doing a race across. I'm going starboard. Oh, the starboard going side across, stairs. Going across. Quick jiggle of the door. Keep going. Off to the right. Okay. You start heading up the stairs, and as you do, you notice something about these stairs. They're, they're, they are perfectly functional stairs, but they seem to have some carvings in them. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. It's only five steps up, um, oh, whoops. but you do see carvings on, on each of these. Uh, but for people at home, you can see these starboard stairs carvings. Uh, Neil, would you like to describe what you're seeing for the people at home? I would love to. There's five, there's five images and they're stacked on top of each other. So if we start at the top, it looks like there's a picture of a bird, maybe a dove. It's facing left and it has a wing, so it's in profile. And then there's a minus symbol and then two sets of waves. Mm-hmm. And then next to it is a addition sign, like plus. Then below that is an image of someone maybe shivering. Their arms are crossed and they're, there's like movement symbols on either side Hmm. minus a a profile of someone either giving me not the middle finger the first (laughs) finger Mm. or uh, probably asking me to be quiet and then next to that is another addition symbol the third line down has what's either a ladder that has fallen fallen (laughs) three-dimensionally backwards or more likely some sort of train track Yep, lovely. And then there's another minus symbol, and then either a hatchet or an axe. There's no additional addition symbol next to that one. The fourth row has a white mouse or rat, and then minus a cup, like a mug with three uh, stink lines. Looks like it's hissing. (laughs) Stink lines is so rude. Is coming out of it. Yeah, it's a terribly smelling mug of something. It has, it looks like it has a single eyeball, or perhaps that could be <laughs> a cup of tea, like a, the 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 maybe. The and then there's a plus on that one too at the end of it. And then the bottom row has one single visual, which is a bell, some sort of. It looks like a yeah, it looks like a, a bell that you would you would call a servant with in old times. This is a rebusy thing, right? Yep. Straight up rebus. Put the words. So let's go. Plus minus uh, things. Duck minus water equals doctor. No. (laughs) Bird minus. Do you reckon? Okay, go on. I I like that. Do you reckon it's a seagull? (gasps) Oh my gosh. I don't know where gull could go, but who knows? Let's write it down. Gull on the first one. Yep. Plus. And then the next one we have, okay. Shiver minus and shush. Sounds so maybe Iver or Iver. Ooh, Gulliver. okay. I like where that's Gulliver. going. Iver, like where that's going. Then plus, we have a, a tracks minus hatchet minus axe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck. Tracks minus axe. For people uh, following at home, if you ever want to know Danny's biggest pet peeve in life, this is when she does that, and then the person she's talking to says. Oh, no, no, I think probably it's actually Axe, not Hatchet. She's like, yeah, I know. I'm doing a bit. That's why she likes me, because I just laugh incessantly at her jokes. <laughs> so wait, tracks minus Axe, does that mean we take out the 
A-C-K-S? I assume I've just written down T-R. That's, T-R? Um, okay. I reckon that's the best you can go for. Be, um, how do you get that? Because we have Gulliver and then we have Tra. I don't know how that, that makes no sense to me. <laughs> Good point. And then we'll find out. We have rat, rat minus stinky minus eyeball. Coffee. Mm. Rat minus coffee. Wait, no, it's mouse minus mug. Nope. Wait a second. <laughs> Hold the phone. Rat minus tea Which would be s- raw. Yep. The Egyptian god of the sun. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is taking a very Indiana Jones turn. And then we and then a bell. wind up with Bell or a Vol. Okay. We wind up with Vols. This, this started making sense with Gulliver, Gulliver at the start. And then it's Trabel. Trabel. So we have I, T-R plus R-A plus B-E-L-L. It's, it's very, it's awfully close to saying Gulliver's Travels. It is. Maybe someone who's drowning in the water and ah. there's like Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> I love it. It's very thematic. Travel. Now, right, we're close to Gulliver's this, Travels. Does this mean hmm. that that is indeed what happened to the wife or other important people on the ship? They fell overboard while reading and couldn't get the last words out. I think so. Or they but were they taken had time to the. To carve mis- something into yep. the, yep. the step. It makes sense life. to me. Or were they taken to the mystical horse island? That is, they went to the mystical horse island and they were killed by the horses there. They would Okay. And these are on the five steps going up, yeah? Yes, on the starboard side steps as you go up. Now, you can, you you look like you've you've had a good bit of fun solving that one. So I can tell you what happens when you reach the top of the stairs. Oh, oh, right. We were walking upstairs. You were walking upstairs. You arrive at the top of the stairs to where you could see the steering wheel from before. And you do see the steering wheel in front of you. Ready? The helm, (gasps) if you prefer. And you also see... Lying on the ground next Wait. to the helm, the skeleton oh, boy. of the long dead helmsman. Exciting. Is it Chris Helmsman or it Liam is. Helmsman? No, it's the third one that no one knows. Larry. Larry Helmsman. Larry Helmsman. It looks like it's been there for a while. The bones are white, the clothes are nothing more than rags. The position of the skeleton suggests that they died, or he died face down. Oh, man, I just drew a skeleton skull face up. Ah, better be face down. Why did I start with the feet? The skeleton feet are the hardest part. You don't have to. You know you can write the word skeleton. Wait, And then then, then there's a skeleton there. Come on. Come on, But yes, you find a skeleton wearing ragged old clothes. Wait, he has clothes on? Oh, why am I drawing so many ribs? The clothes are nothing more than rags, (laughs) but the rags are still there. (laughs) Right, give me a second. I gotta flip him over. What does a scapula look like? A uh, big triangle. Okay, and and rags. Ask me any bone. I'll dress, tell you what it looks like. Dress the skeleton. Rags to riches. His face down. He's... Are his hands in any weird any weird positions? Is he draped over something? Is he uh, holding no, anything? Looks like he's he's fallen. Uh, he's not holding anything in his hands. His hands are in the positions of a skeleton. Near the helm. Near the helm, it's fallen, fallen as if he were, had fallen while manning the helm. Fairly proud. Fairly proud. That's a lovely little skeleton. Oh man. Fairly proud. So good. Well, clearly that's Gulliver, and his travels <laughs> ended badly. <laughs> that's how I remember Wait, it. Quick question: Are we one person yes. or two? Oh, um, yeah. You know what? Why don't you be two? We so rarely get to be two people. Go ahead and be two people. 
I call the peg leg. You know you were just a modern-day person sailing around the English Channel. Nay, I have a peg leg. <laughs> well, you know, just you wait. There you are. You can have a peg leg. But I will say this now, so no one worries about it. The width of your peg leg is wider yeah. than a coin. God so, dang it. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do. You got You me. have a wide peg leg. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. Do, do his tattered clothes have any pockets? An interesting question, to which Great the answer question. is yes. <gasps> now I've got to draw pocket? that. What's in the pocket? You reach into the pockets of his pants Ooh. and you find, very aptly, a pocket watch. Oh. It's a nice, heavy, silver pocket watch. It doesn't run, but you can, you know, spin the dial to set the time to whatever times you want. Good to nice. know, good to know. Could that fit inside of a slot? I would have thought that a no. pocket watch was bigger, but yeah, it's mm. got to do something. If we can wind it, then I'm guessing either somehow it will slot into somewhere and we can use it to open something, or it itself will pop open when we get a time right. Oh, that's is it closed? It is not closed. You can oh, see the face it. and you can change the hands. Got it. I still hey, as long it. as we're standing next to this uh, skeleton near the helm... Can we examine said helm and see, see, like, try and turn the wheel or see if anything, any of the spines pull out? Any plan? Can we Uh, honk it? Does the middle have a horn that we can honk? Why Why wasn't that a thing? Boats with horns? (laughs) I mean, pirate ships with horns, at least. Yeah, true. It's so much easier than shouting at the other boat. Avast! On the horizon, it be Blackbeard. I can listen to his horn. Be that a donkey? No, it is the cry of Blackbeard's ship. The SS donkey. It's got a little bike horn on it. That's the sound of a pirate going to going to blow the horn. It sounds like this. It's doop 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 doop. Boop, doop, doop, doop. <laughs> What's the sound equivalent to giving out a badge? <laughs> yeah, can we make this a new sound? We'll record it as a ringtone for someone. We'll, we'll get, we'll cut that bit of the show, make it a little MP3. You can. All right. Choose your favorite horn sound. The wheel is a standard ship wheel. It's set on a wooden post. It's a big, large wheel. It moves freely. If you want to give it a spin, you can give it a spin, Neil. Um, I spin it completely around just one full time. You go around one full time. Mm-hmm. And as you do, it starts to click. Nothing happens. <gasps> but you hear like almost like a little ratchet go as you spin it once. Almost like a safe. Something is definitely happening as you It's rotate. registering. Can we turn it the opposite direction of full turn? You turn in the opposite direction of full turn, nothing clicks. It turns, nothing happens. Okay. So can we then spin it the clicky way a whole bunch of times? Like, just spin it, you spin it, spin it. You grab that it, wheel whee! and you spin it like you're trying to... Raise the anchor. You know that scene from that like obscure show, um, How Much Your Mother, where they're playing in the casino and there's like the big wheel every time they, they do a hand of this obs- obs- obscure <laughs> Chinese game. That's not the one I was going for. And then they look for. back at the wheel and it spins. I was going for Price is Right. No, I wanted to go for something that was a Neil Patrick Harris reference. <laughs> That's what, no, I don't know I was, the show. That is also I'm so intrigued. Oh, you're right. Good point. Yeah, you should give it a watch I sometime. S- it's good. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. I hear it's a very handsome show. Alison Hannigan, I hear, is very handsome on the show. Of course. Actually, in the notes, it does say, you spin it as if you're a player on Price is Right. So. Oh, it does? It does. Hey, um, nice. You spin it as if you're a player on the Price is Right. And after you several do, revolutions... Do, you do recall Price is Right was a was also in, in, in How Many Mother. Yeah, that's true. True that. By the way, sidebar, sidebar. Sidebar. We're taking the ball Bob sidebar. Barker, one of the nicest people uh, you would, uh, will have ever met. It mm. was... It, that was one of those uh, singular moments in my life where, yes, I was on a television show, which was very exciting. And, but we went and filmed at the actual Price is Right stage. Aww. And we were actually, I got to run up and stand there and then like <laughs> be called up and spin the wheel and hug Bob Barker as my father was one of the weirdest, loveliest <laughs> moments that one could imagine. It was as good as you could imagine it was. It oh, was that's literally fantastic. that great. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, you spin the wheel. The wheel is spinning. Yeah. The wheel is spinning. I have to get this under control. I can't trust Danny anymore because she's playing. You're spinning the wheel as if you're a player on Price is Right. After several revolutions, you hear a thunk. And you see that a compartment has opened up oh, dang. on the wheel post. Nice. I did not think that that was honestly going to work. And it did. Same. Where is this compartment? It's just in the right, middle? right underneath the wheel from in the post. You can, you can reach oh, straight in. It. Okay. And as you do, you take out a piece of paper. <gasps> I like paper. And you see written what, on this what? paper a set of handwritten directions. Oh. Uh, now, I can either give you these directions written out or I can, I can read them out to you if you'd like me to read them. How exciting a voice would it be? Or um, are you going to force that on me? Yeah, can you do no, a I pun can, pirate I'll the, voice? I'll do the pun pirate. All right. <clears throat> it says, Head south! Out the port until the last of the fishing boats are behind you. Turn southwest until the kink in the channel at which you'll follow it to head west. Once you reach the lighthouse with the pink and orange roof, go south, me hearties. Follow this path until dusk and then head towards the sun. When it is no longer there to follow, go south until you spot the flag of the Port of Lisbon. <laughs> These don't sound that nefarious. This sounds like a very generous uh, set of directions to give to someone trying to get to Lisbon. But on the way, you'll pillage <laughs> and you'll attack any ship you see. Fire the cannons and sink those ships and take from the sea the flotsam and jetsam that is the booty of that ship. Listen, this is Kill everyone who opposes you! Now, I don't know much about the history of the English Channel and what nefarious things went on there, but... For something that people now just swim across in a couple of days if they're feeling fit enough, this is a lot of action. If you see anybody swimming the channel, take them aboard the ship, then make them walk the plank, and they'll continue their journey perfectly fine. What fun. Uh, look, the ship is not canonically a pirate ship. It is just a ship that was out heading to Lisbon. We've invented the pirate element here, but I'm enjoying it. It has cannons! Every ship has cannons! you got to protect so yourself from pirates! To be clear... We head south out the port, turn southwest, then we head west, yes. once to the lighthouse, go south, to mm -hmm. dusk, to the sun, then go uh, dusk, then we head to the sun, we, then we go south to the flag of the port of Lisbon. That is correct. You have all of those in order and wow. from what I've written. Okay, great. Well, I, I feel like we're going to have a lot of action ahead of us. Yeah, maybe. I'm feeling it's... that we're going to be shooting cannons. We're going to be sailing this ship in specific directions. I cannot wait. Do we have any sort of ability to follow these directions? Should we choose, like, to just basically go, all right, let's just uh, steer this thing south for a while while we inspect other things that are aboard? 
you can try, but the ship that you're in is still enshrouded in a ghostly mist, and you can't even see if the ship okay, is fair. moving through real space right now, whether it's in a ghostly plane. All right, all right. I think that we should go down the port stairs. To see if they've got anything else. I would go belly first so that my face is right by the stairs mm. to see if there's anything like written on those stairs in the same way that there were on the, on the starboard stairs. Of course. And why, why look down when you can just slide on your belly? Uh, right. Cause then it's like, hug, 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 hug. you get to do the fun, like, when I also uh, have a peg leg. Yeah, that's be true. an extra gunk with each one. Yeah, so as you slide down the stairs, it's like, it's like, I'm a percussionist at heart. Perfect. You slide down these port side stairs, and you do see there are carvings on the port side stairs as well. Did not occur to me. I will send you a link to the port side stairs. Danny, would you like to describe this to the audience at home? If you are playing at home, you can see this in the show notes below, but Danny will explain to you what is carved into the port stairs. Well, much like the Rebus-y things from before, there are five separate things that seem to be roughly going top to bottom. And to my mind, I would call these clock faces Mm. because they are circles and they Mm. have two lines coming from the center of the circles, one slightly shorter than the other. So it looks very much like a clock face, an hour hand and a minute hand for each of them. The first one looks like it's about 12.30. Second one, 9.15. Maybe 10.15. Can't really tell at that angle exactly. Sure. Next one's a clear midday. Next is the classic watch commercial 10 past 10. And then a 6.30 or an upside down 12. <laughs> I can't guarantee anything. Neil went face first, so it's hard to know these whether I should have these upside down. to a normal person's approach to the stairs. My ribs hurt. And <laughs> I, when I... See, I totally disagree. I think what this is, uh, is the 80s game Pac-Man with his mouth shut, looking for ghosts. And he's looking south. He's looking west. That would be east, I guess. And then he's like, oh, north? He's like smiling a little bit. And then like, oh, south again. But some maybe of those, right, no. His mouth is way too smiley. Those are joker smiles for some of them. Come on. He's so happy. He gets to eat the ghosts every once in a while. I'm sorry, Captain. Your wife got Pac-Man. <laughs> No one wants to hear that. I think you're totally right. If we only had some sort of clock. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a thinker. Hmm. I can't deal with this energy from both of you. <laughs> <laughs> wait a wait wait one wait one second. In me pocket, I'm I'm holding me thinks a pocket watch. You are excellent. Can I spin the pocket watch to those particular times in those in that particular order? Yes, so you set them to, and Danny, you are completely correct. Hell yeah. You set them to 12.30, 9.15, 10 and 6.30, and the watch pops open. <gasps> the face pops off the front of the watch, and you see inside, hidden between the actual mechanisms of the clock, a golden key. Oh, hell yeah. <gasps> Sorry, I'm asthmatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a gold key. I mean, let's door, let's door that gold key. You take it to the large, ornate door to the captain's quarters, and they open. Nice. The doors creak open, and they reveal a small room. There's not a lot of stuff in the room, although you're sure it's a lot nicer than any of kind of crew quarters that might be tucked away. To your left, 
there is a large bookcase. And beside that, there is a desk with a modest chair tucked away behind the desk. And on the far side of the room, there is a bed. And at the foot of the bed, there is a large trunk. And those are the things in the captain's quarters. Shelf, chair. Oh, this is going to look like a toilet. Oh, God, it's a toilet. Yeah, I drew a toilet, too, for the yeah. chair at the desk. <laughs> uh, yes, there's a chair well, and a, desk, not a toilet. It's a commode. It's a, it's a throne. Yeah, it's a captain's throne. It's just a, a normal chair, but that's... Yeah. Yeah. Looks like a toilet. toilet. Uh, my pen stopped well, On working. ships in those days, all they did was sit on toilet chairs. They knew how to keep things efficient. Maybe I should draw some books. Well, tell me, should I draw some books? I know I was gonna about to make the very same connection because I like my first instinct based on the clues that we've already had would be to go to the books, find Gulliver's Travels, and look through it. However, mm-hmm. I just feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves, and I kind of want to just slowly explore the room and see if there's more fun to be had. So, Danny, choose something else. Oh well, I, I was just asking, should I draw books? Because I have drawn one rectangle. I will on my say bookshelf. you should draw books. Okay, there we go. All right. Well, then it feels like it's only right to check out this toilet. Okay, it's not nice. a toilet, it's a chair. It looks and exactly like a toilet, though, but you can look, sit on it. It looks like a wooden chair. It is sturdy, toilet. despite the fact that it's probably about 300 years old. Nice, with a hole missing in the bottom that you can poop into? With a, with a full, solid, normal seat. And someone has, carved, someone has carved a message, uh, an intricate message in, in pirate handwriting across the top that says, this is definitely not a toilet. <laughs> Please. Abandon hope, all ye who poop here. Exactly. <laughs> Abandon poop, all ye who enter here. No, <laughs> no, that's not true. It's not a toilet. It is a chair. It looks like a chair. Sturdy. I sit on it to make sure. You sit on it. It holds your weight perfectly, as a chair does. Danny, come here. I want to talk to you for a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go away, go away. Um, boy. Bill went out of his way to not yes and us on the on the chairs a toilet thing, right? So this, this is... clearly means that the to- the chair's got there's something with the chair. You know what? Otherwise, I've... otherwise he would have said it's a, it's a toilet chair. You know what I've been saying recently uh, that I Go think on. is more fun than yes and, which is uh-huh. instead of yes and, what you should yeah. say is oh, quite yeah. the opposite, which I also <laughs> think would have been an interesting huh. direction for him to take. Oh, okay, huh. uh, let's try that one. Uh, actually, quite the opposite. In the center of the chair, there's like a big spike going straight upwards. So that if you sit well, on the hold chair... Hold on, hold on. I retcon um, my sorry. sitting. I'm sorry, um, Bill. We're kind of in the middle of a sidebar. Oh, here, sorry. I'll, get, I'll, I'll, I'll leave. Sorry, bye. Yeah, thanks. So here's what I'm thinking about this wooden chair. There must be something to it. There must be... We must have to deal with the, maybe the legs. We maybe have to stand on top of it. You we remember, might have to... You remember that scene in Holy Grail where you can tell if someone's a, a, a mm-hmm. witch if they're made of wood? Is mm. this the wife? <laughs> Could be. We clearly should not poop anywhere near this chair because we yeah, will not get it. yes that'll and or... On the other side, what, what did you say? In, 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 Quite the opposite. Quite, Quite the, the opposite. opposite. The chair poops on you. <laughs> um, Bill, if you don't mind. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm out. In the... How does this keep I happening? Think, I think we should examine this chair a little, a little more. I think we should try and see if we can get one of the legs apart. There's clearly a reason why this is a wooden chair and not a toilet. Okay. Hey, Bill. Oh, yep, yep. Do those chair legs fit into the hole outside? No. 
It's just a chair. It's just a normal chair. It's just a normal chair. It's just an innocent chair. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is there? Can we look? Look? Can we pull apart the chair? Can we? You cannot pull apart the chair. What if we look at the bottom of the chair, underneath the chair? You look underneath the chair. You pick it up. (gasps) You flip it over, and right underneath the chair, right where there would be a piece missing if it were a toilet. Uh huh. You see nothing. It's a chair. Okay. 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 Okay, um, uh, Bill, give us one second. Oh, yeah, so can you I'll give us, yeah. Bill, can you give us one second? Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll just take a break. This must be hey, just Danny. one of these things where there's more clues to get later, right? Agreed, yeah, and I think it might, honestly, I just, I think it might just be a chair, and he's just being, you know, stubborn in but his he... improvisation skills. Otherwise, I, why wouldn't he say it's a chair? What to do? If you guys could just, just actually, sorry, if you guys could just give me a second alone with the audience. If you could just take oh, yeah, a step sure. back, I just got to. Yeah, I'll be back here. Yeah, yeah, Jeff. Hey, audience, they're never going to find out about this secret chair. Oh, I've tricked him into thinking it's just a normal chair. They're never going to know. They're never going to know the true chair secrets. <laughs> These idiots. Uh, so you guys can come back in. It's okay, just a cool. chair. Nice, thanks. Is this chair near a desk? It is near a desk. Hey, can we check out that desk? Yeah, sure. It's made of wood because I swear. So this desk, this must be where the captain sat to do his work, which is a euphemism because the desk has a huge circle in the middle. It's a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I'll try that one again. <laughs> this must be where the captain sat to do his work. It's a it's a full desk. It has little desk drawers and uh, okay. Other than that, it's it's at the moment not there's nothing on the desk. It's just a nice wooden desk, but with some drawers in it. Pull those drawers. Yeah, baby. You open the drawers, and you find uh, in in one drawer, you see a leather logbook. Uh, you'd want to open it and read it. However, much like a diary, it has been locked with a four-digit combination lock. And also, beside the book, you find a ceramic match tin. Oh, okay. Oh, wait a second. We need matches. With with matches? Well, if you open it up, you do find some surprisingly dry and preserved matches that you can use. How um, old? Uh, how old was this boat again? Look, it was three hundred years old. Oh boy, those are some dangerous matches. So they could well be pretty dangerous matches. Oh, they probably got. Like they're probably made of acid. And, and if you look at them wrong, they explode. But that's fine. Um, and also, the lid of the match tin that you find has an engraving on it, Ooh. which I could read to you. But instead, I will give you a little copy of what is written on the matched tin. Oh, it's it's beautiful cursive engraving. Mm-hmm. Almost like um. Imagine a Tiffany, like Tiffany's tin. Hey, I'm Tiffany, and, says, and I love to engrave these tins. <laughs> I do like cursive. It's very nice. If our eyes are to never close, the darkness still seeps, comma, even in eternal light. Or if you're a one-legged pirate like I am, if our eyes are to never close... The darkness still seeps, even in eternal light. Danny has a look on her face like she's trying to do something, but she's confused. I really am. Yeah, I'm just wh- looking at this. I'm disarmed, trying to figure out if this is cryptic and will have more meaning later, or if there is something hidden in it that I should be seeing right away. Yeah, same. So I'm looking at this like <laughs> first, like a crossword puzzle clue, and then I'm looking at like a cryptic crossword puzzle clue, and then I'm looking at it to see like if if there are if there are numbers hidden yep. within the words. So if 
our eyes. There is That's, four. That could be a four. Is in f if our four eyes are two. That doesn't make sense. Never close the laws. Seven. Seeps even has a seven. Seeps even seven. Nice. In each. Even in eternal. Even in eternal. Nine. Even in eternal. Oh my gosh. Four, seven, nine. Wait, don't we have a four digit combination? Yeah, there must be a fourth one in here that we haven't seen. We have a four digit combination. What didn't we see? Oh my god, two never is a one, not a tone. Oh, that's so fun. I love these. So four, one, seven, nine. Would open the logbook, baby? You head to the logbook uh -huh. and you try 4179 into the lock and the logbook clicks open. Yeah! Oh, my stars, we did it! There is only one entry in this logbook. Must have been a fresh new logbook he'd bought just for this entry. And it says, <clears throat> February 13, 1748. First day of the honeymoon voyage towards Portugal. It is a superstition among the sailors that women should not go on board, but the whole crew was glad to have her. They are all currently below deck celebrating, other than the helmsman, of course, and I will join them shortly. It sounds like they're all having a great time, but I've had a sneaking suspicion for a while now that one of my crew is getting too close to my wife. I'll have to keep an eye on him. The voyage is 1,110 miles long. It should be an easy journey. The only concerning area would be the treacherous Goodwin Sands, known for wrecking hundreds of ships already. But Kerfoot is the best helmsman I know. As long as he is at the wheel, we have nothing to worry about. Oh no, he's dead. We're in trouble. So the skeleton's name is Kerfoot. Well, that's a bummer. Be suspicious of one of your sailors and your wife on your honeymoon. What did we learn? from the log entry 1748 everyone's in the underbelly of the ship we're, we're heading like we're scared of the goodwin sands kerfoot is the helmsman is mm -hmm. he the one that we're suspicious of that Didn't sands like is suspicious it. of i'm sorry simon reed is suspicious of no no you haven't heard any specific suspicions about kerfoot we oh. just know there's suspicions about someone yeah someone's too close to his wife Okay, so I feel like this is great backstory. Mm. And, and you maybe, do need to know what happened on the this is on that true. fateful right, night. But maybe it's go. not an immediate solver. Could we connect the, uh, like 1,110 miles eventually to the journey of heading south, southwest, west, oh, and south maybe? that's interesting. Not impossible, I guess. We end up finding more about that. that. seems like a lot of maths. Hmm. Are you feeling ready for this bookcase yet? I mean, we still have a bed and a trunk. But if you're if you want to go Gulliver's Travels on all up in this business, let's go. Ready to show off that I have read most of that book. All right. And well, by the way, I don't think it's going to be Gulliver's Travels. I think it's going to be Gulliver's Travels. Gulliver Travels. There you are. The bookshelf. Well, the captain must have been an avid reader because it is stuffed with books and so tall that you can't even reach the top. <laughs> the years in the salty air have not been good for the book covers, but. 
you're able to read some of the titles and you see that it's mainly 18th century classics like uh, Robinson Crusoe, uh, maybe Fanny Hill, Tale of the Tub. Oh, maybe you get like uh, uh, Defoe's History of the Pirates. Oh, man, it's a bit too early. Uh, you know, just a bunch of books from the 1700s. Was that the one that was actually Defoe? Or... No, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, any, any kind of 1700s books that might take your fancy? Hmm, I can't even think of one. Not even one. I'm waiting for you have to say it. I'm going to wait. Yeah. I'm going to wait. I'm, gonna, I'm looking up books. I can't deal with this energy from both of you. Are you allowed to just say the answer to the out. thing that you've solved already? I pull just a chair over and look at the no, top no, shelf no, books. I look, no, you know what you're looking I look for. at all of them on the top shelf with a chair. Okay, you grab the chair. You reach up. You brush past uh, 13 copies of Gulliver's Travels. No, um... You, oh, you, no, there are 13 No, copies. there's only one. Uh, but you grab the chair, you stand on top to see if you can get to the top of the bookshelf, and you can. You place your feet firmly in the centre of this chair, and you stand up. You reach around on top of the bookshelf. You do find a metal wrench. Oh. Stashed <gasps> upon the bookshelf. Rusty, but still usable. Okay. What? Okay. What? For wrenching. I didn't see that coming. I didn't know we had to wrench stuff. And is there a Gulliver's Travels? It's my favourite 17. You do one. find a copy of Gulliver's Travels. You flip through it, and you don't really find anything interesting. You're looking for hidden clues or, or passages in the margin. Something, something that you would find in this book that's been led to you. Oh, wait a minute. In between two of the pages of the book, you find tucked away a very thin piece of purple glass. What 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 shape? It is like a little pane of glass. Okay. That could go in a tiny window. That's adorable. We seen a tiny window? You have seen a t well, not a tiny window. Maybe maybe this big. The little slot for the trapdoor? No, the trapdoor would be too it, it wouldn't, wouldn't fit at all in it? the trapdoor slot. This is a rectangular pane of purple glass. The trapdoor is a circular <laughs> hole for poking something into. Where have we seen a small little window? Didn't make much note of it. Arr. Apparently not. Like you didn't actually quite look enough to get the details of, of what Arr. this thing looks like. So, certain things, there's still lots of things. Maybe, maybe we should just go through and look at things, because I do feel there were still a few things we haven't fully looked at. Sure. Or looked at at all in some cases. So, maybe we should do a quick check of this bed and trunk. Arr. Why do you think we look at the bed? It's a small bed with a very old mattress on it. You take a seat and you feel something hard underneath you. You're lifting up the mattress, you find a picture frame. You guess it's a picture of the captain and their wife on the wedding day, surrounded by members of the crew. On the back it says, Congratulations, Captain, from the crew. Alexander Matthews, John Rivers, William O'Toole, Derek Borton, Patrick Kerfoot. Don't need to write those down. I'll give this to you in a second. Yeah. For some reason, all the names have a, a strike through them. Maybe that's just <laughs> how people signed their names back then. <laughs> and I can show you this, uh, not the full picture, but the, uh, the the note on the back. Oh. So, yeah, so you can see those names all sort of crossed out through the center. They uh, are. They are just crossed out names, all right. They are just crossed out names. What okay, so Alexander Matthews is crossed out, then John Rivers crossed out, William O'Toole, then Derek Borton, Borton, and then 
Patrick Kerfoot, as we know, was the helmsman. Yeah, Kerfoot is such a notable name that it feels like there's a clue hidden there, but the others are very normal feeling. Yeah. I don't see any puns in Alexander Matthews. I'm trying to look at their first and last initials, Mm. A-M and J-R, but there's not a lot of vowels. And it's strange that they're all crossed out. I would have hoped that a few of the letters would have not been crossed out. We could have solved it in some way. No. So maybe this just gives us a little background on the crew as potential suspects. Yeah, you know the names of the crew? Yeah, possibly. Crossed out thing is awfully somethingy that I can't see it right now. That's all right. Uh, anything about this chest, this trunk? Yeah, so the trunk, trunk, it's a large trunk. It's locked with a key. And by that, I mean, you would need a key to unlock it. You do not have that key. Naturally. Uh, The outside is very ornate, and it must have been very beautiful back in the day. It was probably used to transport and hold clothing, other belongings. It's like a big suitcase. Mm. All right, so I feel like we've looked at is that everything in here that we have looked at? Have we have we given everything a good search? To, to, we, we just looked in the drawers of the desk. Should we look in under the, the desk, around the desk? No, there's no need to search any further in the captain's quarters for little hidden gidgets and gadgets. Taken all of the little bits and pieces. Let's check our inventory. Yeah. Wrench, glass, picture frame, matches. I like the matches. I'm trying to figure out whether to light a cannon or light a lantern. Is there a finite number of matches? No. Pragmatically, okay. no. Wow. Okay, I mean, they're, cool. they're ghost matches. Ooh. Every time you take one, a new one appears. A non-finite number of matches is a powerful thing to unleash <laughs> upon the world. I feel like the lanterns themselves may be something that we didn't give a huge amount of looking at. All no, we said was, really. no, they're not really lit. No, so if you have a look at the closer at the lanterns, uh, it's a, a, a standard lantern. It's a metal frame with little glass windows on all the sides. And there is still oil in the lantern. It is lightable. You just need something to light it. Mm. So we have that. And you say that it's got a little purple glass piece of, windows. Yeah, Yeah. would a purple piece of glass go inside the lantern? If you look at the purple piece of glass, the one-armed, one, the one-horned, one-eyed, one, one-eyed, one-horned flying purple piece of glass that you I have. I was in a movie called Purple People Eater. <laughs> oh, there you are. Second movie I ever did. Aww. Really? Shelley Winters and, and Ned Beatty. God oh, rest both their souls. Dang. Well, then you'll be familiar with this piece of glass, which which fits perfectly <laughs> into which fits perfectly into the uh, the pane frame of this lantern. You can remove an existing piece of glass, and the purple one would slot right in. All right. It's almost like it's almost like an old time black light. Yeah, a hmm. little bit. <laughs> a little bit. That's that's exactly what I'm hoping. When we light it, it shoots off an eerie purple light. When you light the lantern, it does have a section now that is bathing the chill and dark ghostly deck with a sort of purple. Alt- In fact, I'd say it's very purple. I'd say it's ultra purple Whoa. light that uh, you could use to look around. All right. What could we need that for? What is suspicious enough that it might have extra things hidden in ultra purple? Was this uh, Nikki Ten that did this? Nikki Tan. I think it's Nikki 11 after the blacklight. <laughs> I think it's a good addition. Perfect. Let's, let's run. This Nikki goes up to 11. Um, 
Can we run to the stairs and look at the scribbles on the stairs? You run to the stairs, you take your lantern, you shine it all over the stairs, the carvings, and there's nothing different. Gah! What about the Gulliver's Travel Book? You take it to the Gulliver's Travel Book, you slide every single page, and nothing is different. I have, a, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the congratulations note? Where all the things are the scratched out. Crossed out names. You cover. You yeah. You grab the names. You see that yeah. current, like before you shone the light, right? They had the lines went through every single letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shine the torch on them through the purple light. <gasps> and the line goes through every single letter and nothing has changed. <laughs> Damn it. How about the front of the portrait? Has someone like scribbled funny moustaches and things on, on them? On the front of the portrait. You see, the picture of the captain and his wife remains unchanged by the purple light. Wow. <laughs> All right, whatever. So what nothing. Ab- what Where about ab- those directions, the compassy directions that told you to head south a lot? Ah, you take them oh, out of your God's pocket. Sakes, you I hate the you. compass directions. <laughs> and what previously said south and southwest now <laughs> says south and southwest <laughs> because nothing has changed. <laughs> What is what is happening? Okay. I think we need to wait on this because... We need to fire it out Bill, of a cannon. Bill, it's useless. Bill's so, Bill's so cocky in his, <laughs> in his dismissive improv that I think that we're going to have to use this, this black light lantern down in the trapdoor area. That could be I don't be think true. we've found it yet because otherwise it would be a bookshelf, desk, bed, trunk. There's nothing to see there. Mm, Captain's quarters, you've pretty much covered it. And then yeah. we've seen up where the helm is. Have you been up in the main room? You did the stairs. Haven't we? Yeah, we, we walked around and looked at the skeleton and the... Oh, not yeah, the but skeleton. not with the Oh, not, with the, not black with the black light. Okay, let's look at the skeleton and with the black light. You head to the skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> you take out your purple light in a lantern. You see this? You and so before much. it was lying there... A skeleton with ragged clothes. But in the light, in the light of your purple lantern. I hate you so much. It is different. (gasps) Wait, it is! It looks purple now. (laughs) Uh, You shine your purple light over the remains of that human skeleton by the by the wheel, and it reveals bloodstains. Oh. Ancient bloodstains that you were not able to see before. The bloodstain. Is concentrated around the skull of the skeleton. So probably bleeding heavily from his head. And over by the skeleton's hand, the hand that was so normally placed when you looked at it without the black light, you see some bloodstains that don't look natural. They don't look like they've flown from his head normally. It's a bunch of squiggly lines drawn by the helmsman's finger in the last moments of his life. Oh, exciting. And I will show you what I those feel are. Like we're on an, I feel like we're on an episode of CSI Goodwin Sands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. yeah, these uh, are... There you are. Danny, would you like to describe this to the audience at home who can see it themselves if they would like I'd in the show notes? I'd love to try. These are squiggles. They are squiggles. We've got two elongated S-like ones, and within those two are smaller elongated S-like ones. If I were going to judge, I would say this looks like a section of loosely drawn river or waterway hmm. perhaps uh, a kink in the war in the channel where it starts to go west oh nice what is it that someone would do 
if they had just been hit and were with the last ounce of their life? What do people classically Oh, right. Do? Maybe they used their own blood to write SS. Can we look at the, what are the names of all the other people? What are the names of the other people? There are no S's. Oh, except for, uh, well, there's Alexander Matthews, John Rivers, Rivers, William Rivers. O'Toole, Derek Borton, and Patrick Kerfoot. I'm suspicious of this John Rivers guy. What's the captain's Same. name again? Maybe I should have Reed. checked that. Okay. Simon Reed. Less likely. You did identify that blood as looking like a river. I, I very much did. So maybe nice. John okay. Rivers is a non-trustworthy human who sabotaged the ship for some reason. It could be John. We still need something to open the trapdoor. We really do. We do. Okay. How much can our wrench... Dismantle a cannon. Well, the wrench can't really dismantle the cannon itself. But the cannon stand? But the cannon was bolted to the ground mm. so as not to move right. around. You, with the wrench, the wrench, you can unbolt the cannons so they are now free to move. Oh, I'm glad this boat isn't moving too much. Don't want them rolling around. Were any of the cannons sitting on top of anything? Well, you try and move the cannons by hand, and even though there are the wheels there, they're, they're sort of old, they're hard to get moving, a lot of inertia on that cannon, and they're just a bit too heavy for you to move by hand. Oh, why don't we put a cannonball in and gunpowder and set off one of the cannons while it's untethered, and it'll, it'll shoot it, the force will shoot the cannon backward, and we can see what's underneath it. That could be a way to do it. Or if we need something else to move a cannon, we could lever it with a chair. That's why oh. the chair has had the solid sec. No, I think the first idea might <laughs> yeah, have been yeah, whatever. <laughs> you load up the cannon, you fill it with, with, with gunpowder and, and, and the shot, and with your newly acquired infinite supply of matches, you light the cannon and boom, it fires, it rolls across the deck and uncovers nothing. You might have to fire three more cannons. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, boy. I don't Let's know. do the once third was cannon. A, once was enough for the bucket list. The third list, cannon think. fires. Boom! It flies across the <gasps> deck, and underneath you see something. <gasps> you find a loose belaying pin. And what is a belaying pin, you may ask? A circle. For rock climbing, right? <laughs> it, well, perhaps. In this case, it's an old ship stool. They used to wrap rope around it. It was a... Pretty, I love the description here says, it's a pretty standard belaying pin. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I had to Google it. It looks similar to like a, 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 what you might use to like hone a knife. It is a long, but made of wood, a long cylindrical pole of wood with a knob on top. You notice that the top end is covered in, in a brown substance that you're quite sure is very old blood along the, the knob end of this belaying pin. And the rest is a long cylindrical shaft. Does it fit in the hole? It's about the width of a coin. The belaying pin inserts down into the hole and the trap door opens up. At last. What's inside? The door pops open. It reveals a shallow hole. It's filled with fishing gear, rods and nets. You don't see any fishing lines or hooks. Oh, they'll be in the box that you can see just at the bottom of this shallow hole. Ah. But the box is locked with a seven-letter combination. Oh, the combination oh is currently set to newness. Newness. The quality of being new. N-E-W-N-E-S-S. -S. Newness. Huh. But that doesn't seem to open the box. What seven-letter words do we know? How about Goodwin? Kerfoot. That's seven. It could be fishing. 
Where have we had information that might give us a good fishing word? What seven letters? Hmm. There is there is a also a, a sort of a, a hint in the fact that the code is currently reading newness. Yes. It is important that that's what's written there. I'm not surprised. I see. Old time. Oh, it's not just pushing all the letters forward one. No. Is there a, another word for newness that is a thing? No, no, it's nothing like that. There is something interesting about the word newness. A little, little, almost like a little trivia fact. Oh my God, of course. Oh, I see it. Danny sees what? it. What? Oh, the letters individually. North, east, yeah, west. Those are directions. In fact, if you tried to put in something like Goodwin or any other seven-letter word, you'd quickly notice that each of these letters only has four options. It can either be an N, an E, a W, or an S. Those are the only things available. So let's seven. let's switch it out to S S W W S S. Wait, there was another one uh, in oh. there because it said like when it's dusk, go towards the sun. So that would be another west, right? It would. S oh, S W. Nice. W-S-W-S. You put nice. S-W-W-S-W-S into the fisherman's box and it opens up and inside is a collection of fishing hooks and wire. That's so cool, Newness. Newness is a great hint. I really like Newness. That's a great hint. All right, now why do we want to fish? Where do we want to fish? I don't know. Maybe you just want to fish. I guess. Should we we just fish? Yeah, what would we gain from fishing? Sure. I mean, Why not? The real question is, what do you lose from giving it a shot? Yeah, yeah. I'll try. I don't expect much. I assume there are no ancient worms in here. You put together the fishing pole with the items from the box and you cast it over the edge. Suddenly you feel the hook snag something in this ghostly sea and you start reeling it in. It's, it's quite heavy. Luckily there are two of you to pull it in together. You manage to get it in and it's sort of a tangle of nets, old fishing nets that must have been caught on the underside of the boat. And then trapped within the ropes of the net, there are two skeletons. Oh, dear. Simon and his wife. The skeletons are bare. The clothing has disintegrated into the ocean. You can tell that they're the skeletons of a man and a woman. Around the woman's neck is a locket. Come on. You get right out of town. If there's a key inside that locket, (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do. You struggle. You pop open the locket, and inside, there is a key. What? What? Wow. If we only had a place to put the key. Wait a second, there's a trunk at the end of the bed! (laughs) (laughs) There is a trunk at the end of the bed, you rush to the trunk. You use the key from the locket to open the trunk, and inside you see, carefully folded, women's clothing. On the underside of the lid... There are a series of lines carved into the wood, and I will show those to you. Excellent. Neil, would you like to describe what you're seeing to the people at home? Well, it's different um, uh, straight lines with a few exceptions. Well, no, they're all straight, no curves. Hmm. It looks like it almost spells a name, a proper name, because the first two lines are like a teepee, an upside-down V, almost like an A without the center. And then Hmm. we have three lines near it uh, that are uh, vertical. No, nay, four lines. And then we have almost what looks like an E, but without the tip top of it. And then next to it, we have two uh, parallel, uh, like uppercase I's or lowercase L's. 
and then sort of a U, but could be an A. So it could be like Annie Law. But how do we? Oh, I get it. If you take if you take a, a line and you go and you split it in half exactly, it would turn it into an A N N E. And if you keep going on that line, it would make that an H, H and then that would turn into an A Annie Ha. Well, fair enough. All the other names that we saw were crossed out crossed through the, the middle. middle. When you when you take a little like the the a, a tool from nearby, maybe the key, and you scrape across, yeah. it does work. Although it does look like it says Aneta rather than Anecha. Oh, fair enough. Oh, Aneta, yeah, two lower T's, <laughs> not a capital the, H. Aneta. Yep. Aneta. Okay. Can we go through the women's clothes? Is there anything in pockets or anything that we can find inside them? No, there's nothing in the pockets, just a bunch of women's clothes. Outside, you hear the ghostly moaning again of Captain Reed saying, where's my wife? I need her to tell me what happened on the ah, ship. Got it. So we have to take the female skeleton. We have to dress her up in oh, Annette's no. clothing. This is And we have grim. to present her to the ghost of Simon oh, so that he upsetting. can see what she's like. Oh, I you... mean, it's grim, but it feels like an idea. Yep. Do you want to dress the skeleton up? Well, I don't want to dress me up. Why not? Oh. It's more fun. All right. Creepy. Yeah. He's going to take her away and murder her. All right. I'll, I guess I'll put on some ghost clothes. But you put on ghost clothes? I'm going to put some ghost clothes on the other skeleton as well. Just, just in case. Yeah. Just in case this goes badly you wrong. put on your ghost clothes. You can even wear the ghost locket so that you look mm. just like Annetta. You exit the captain's quarters. And then suddenly you hear a voice behind you. My wife. Is it no. you? Hey, man. What? <laughs> tell me. Tell me. Maybe, tell me something that only you would know. Like, what's your name? <laughs> Wait, you think that's something only yes. I would... Yes. What's your name? Prove to me that you're my wife. What's your name? Annetta. <gasps> my wife. Annetta. Playfully going by Anha. The ghost of Simon <laughs> Reed materi uh, materializes. And he says, Annetta, tell me what happened to you, the crew, the ship. And I do have an explanation here, but do you know what happened on this ship with the evidence that you've collected? So, it feels like what we have gathered thus far is that this uh, slimy John Rivers guy killed the helmsman, and it's very unfortunate because apparently he was a dang good helmsman. I do not right. know why he killed the helmsman. He, I think he killed the helmsman to, to get the ship to... To smash against the the, the rock, right? Because he against just the sandy beach. Because he just sucks. Mm. It's a little bit because he just sucks. You definitely Damn. know he did the crime. You know that Rivers killed the helmsman. That's what crashed the ship. Yeah. So you say it was your first mate, John Rivers. While you and the rest of the crew were celebrating below deck, Rivers was up here. He was infatuated with me and less inclined to participate in the festivities. He had a lot to drink, and this only fueled his feelings of rage and envy. He took, and what did he do the murder with? The, 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 the blood thing. He took the, the belaying pin, yes. the one that had the blood on it, and he hit the helmsman on the back of the head. There was so much blood. He took over the wheel and steered us into the shifting sands at Goodwin. As the ship was going down, Rivers grabbed me, and together we fell overboard. We were trapped underwater by the fishing nets, and on board there were no survivors. You hear the captain whisper, Thank you. Thank you for telling me and you start to see the mist around you dissipate. You're feeling warm again, and in a blink, you are back on your own boats, as if nothing ever happened. 
You scan the water around you but see no sign of the Lady Loverbond. The ghost ship might be gone forever now that Captain Simon Aww. Reed found peace. Or maybe you'll come back in 50 years and once again hear the sound of celebration from an old ship. The end. You did it. Woohoo! You know what a pirate's favorite letter is? Is it R? You'd think it would be R, but it's the C that they love. Perfect. <sighs>